welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger, and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. Um, Rich, how are you doing today? You just came back from a workout. Uh, well, I'm about heading for a workout after this. I came from breakfast, though, and that's that's uh, my blood sugar levels are all good. Zola's, you hit the Ann Arbor uh, Yes, indeed. There you go. I love that place. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Second Amendment and what you see is the, are the troubles with uh, uh, gun policy and probably both sides of that of, of that issue. And um, you know, tell us what you think about that. The, the uh, broad response, Brian, is this. Um, the issues that we have in our country are solvable if we can sit down and talk about them and work through them. I think that the polarization, the extremism, the um, you have to believe every single piece of a certain philosophy um, is really damaging to the country. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about guns. And, you know, we had, uh, I think, uh, 600,000 hunters that go up to some of the Midwestern states. Um, yet a, a gun accidental shooting is very, very rare. Um, we have a situation where we've seen guns you know get into the wrong hands and i think it's very difficult to argue that a good idea is to take an 18 year old and allow them to walk into a gun store uh, get a very powerful weapon uh, have it equipped with uh, high capacity magazines and buy a thousand rounds of ammunition and walk out um, i don't know that that makes sense to anybody um, and you will hear folks that are um, staunch gun advocates to say that if you restrict that sale, why well, that's just one more step toward confiscation. The slippery, slippery slope argument is big with, uh, with with folks who are very much on the side of, of, uh, of the Second Amendment. Um, that seems to come up all the time. Uh, if you do this, that's just going to end up in everybody taking all of our guns. Do you think that that's overblown by one side or the other again or no? Um, I, I can't know what's in their hearts and in their heads when they're saying that. And, uh, you know, we've had some recent comments that really kind of support that uh, slippery slope uh, commentary. Um, it, it was not disputed by anybody else on the stage. Uh, it was welcomed with cheers from the audience and the moderator said nothing against it. So, but, but still, I think we could agree, let's find some common ground, a common bridge to a better future. And when I think about firearms, I think about this. We don't allow pilots to get their private pilot license and jump into the seat of a 747 and take off. Um, we do not allow people to own fireworks unless they can show they know how to handle them and they know how to store them and that they're, they can uh, be competent with them. We don't take driver's licenses and let a 16-year-old get behind the wheel of an 18-wheeler. We, we, we don't do that. In all these cases, we have graduated licensing so that the person that enjoys these privileges, that they show that they've taken the time to understand how to safely operate. They show that they uh, will commit to safe storage, um, and they will demonstrate a competency 
under the watchful eyes of trained instructors, and in the case of pilots, including medical exams and psychiatric evaluations. And I, I think about a structure perhaps like this. If someone wants to purchase a gun, they should have the right to purchase that gun. And there's lots of good reasons for it, but frankly, they don't need a reason. And But I would say this, that the first gun might be limited to revolvers of a certain caliber uh, with a certain capacity and perhaps a deer rifle with a limited uh, number of rounds and uh, subject to a bit of a written test and then demonstrating that they have the ability to handle the weapon safely. And then, you know, in in a period of time, it could be a period of months or it could be up to a year, more education and more review by a gun instructor and show you can handle a semi-automatic handgun. You can, you can uh, use a, a larger caliber uh, weapon um, that, and, and move up to carbines and such. Rich, this is, this is fascinating. So you're, 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 you're proposing in, um, a graduated system with, with, with the hardware. I, I, it, it's, I, a, it's a graduated system. So, so yeah. instead of one gun permit or no gun permit means you can have anything um, that just like pilots, the most qualified pilots can fly a, an airliner filled with hundreds of people. And the beginning pilot can fly uh, by themselves uh, during the daytime when the weather's good. And I don't see anything wrong with a graduated program like this. Um, now, would it solve all of the problems of gun violence, two-thirds of which are uh, suicides? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also uh, advocate that there would be storage requirements. And for those folks that use their firearms for home protection, there are quick release uh, vaults that do provide instant access to the gun if it's needed for home protection. But at the same time, it's locked up from kids and it's locked up from people that shouldn't have it. Yeah, seen some interesting biotech um, uh, solutions to that as well, a, a thumbprint here or there. But um but but let me let me curl back for a second there. There's been talk recently about the red flag rules. Um, do you think that at least on the mental uh, mental illness side or from a family standpoint, they can look at their son and go, look, this guy in no way should be having a gun? Is there, uh, first of all, how difficult do you think that is to police? Secondly, do you think it's a good solution? And I think what you're saying is even if it doesn't solve anything, let's try to move the needle. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with the uh, red flag, although you could see the opportunities for abuse um, are prevalent. Uh, someone doesn't like a person and, and issues that. And how does the person get off the red flag list? And what I'm suggesting is that as you move up the graduated uh, licensing, you will see that uh, you, you, get, you will see that uh, people, are being observed constantly. Like mm-hmm. you rarely hear about a, a pilot, an airplane pilot, that uh, does something that shows that they've had a psychiatric break. Okay. And they've been observed and they've had their medical screening. All right. And they prove every um, so often, and I don't remember the exact time frame now, that, that they, can, they can handle it. Um, but you look at the other extreme, a gun-free world. And, and here's the thing that really uh, gets me is that uh, not Hollywood cannot even imagine a guns-free world, all right? That if you look at the inappropriate use of firearms in movies and in television, that that can't even be imagined 
Mm-hmm. Uh, how could we have a real uh, life position? I mean, that Hollywood extremists are much more extreme than the NRA. Uh, in a movie, bad guys use guns. And that's an essential NRA argument. And it, it's interesting, too, how the left on, on that side um, uh, in the entertainment industry will come out full bore about let's get rid of guns. And yet every weekend, I think you pointed this out to me about a month ago. How many how, you asked me, you said, how many movies just came out this weekend that were all violence based? Well, how about this, Brian? Good guys with guns are always heroic. Yeah, that's true. That's an NRA position. The good guy with a gun stops the, all the bad guys with the guns. Uh, the the uh, good guys in the real life don't always win the gunfights, but in the movies, a hundred percent of the bad guys have shots missing. There's bullets <laughs> pinging all around them, and the good guy takes a single well placed shot and it removes the threat. That is the NRA, and that is Hollywood all wrapped up into one. Okay, it's steeped in irony. It, it is. I mean, show me a Hollywood script that shows the good guy. Um, shooting a bad guy, then getting shot by an accomplice or by the responding law enforcement, yeah. which happens in real life. Yeah, point taken, point taken. Yeah, so, you know, the the culture does count. Um, and, you know, in this, the horror of a gunshot wound, uh, along with the trauma to the victims, uh, and and it's just, we're getting presented this in an antiseptic way mm-hmm. um, in our, uh, in our ent- entertainment. And this doesn't even touch on video games. It doesn't touch. And I just learned recently, by the way, that some of these first shooter games, first person shooter games, that there have pop up ads for uh, AR-15s and AK-47s. <laughs> now, is that wrong or is it wrong? We just should not be doing that. Yeah. All right. I agree. It, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Uh, so, again, gun guns, a solution would again, would it be perfect? But when you look at all these proposals that are knee-jerk reactions to terrible tragedies um, and say, if that law was in place, would it have, would it have prevented the outcome? Right. Well, it gets you, back to your common bridge, too. It's saying, look, you know, if, if you look at this topic alone, you can easily jump into the extreme left or extreme right of it. I, I, and I think I, I love what you're saying about this graduated hardware solution where it says, look, how about your first gun is, and I, w- I wouldn't even say revolver, I'd say it's, it's a long gun. Um, I'd have fun to make sure it's one of those big bell-shaped things from the Pilgrim days. But, <laughs> but, but then you keep going up and you show, you show proficiency, you, you have a history of stability, um, skill. That makes that makes a world and, of sense. And, 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 a, and a trained instructor yeah. is guiding and has to sign off and there has to be written requirements like a driver's license like, like a, a driver and license, how about like <laughs> first aid what happens in a gunshot wound situation people need to be educated and break away from this uh a firearm is a solution to everything and it's an antiseptic event that just occurs and then is gone because that's far from the truth and we can ha- we have uh, I, I believe it's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 million guns in the United States. It's amazing. Over 10 million of the so-called assault rifles. Now, if you think about those numbers, if the issue was the hardware, every day would be absolute carnage, right? Right. But, you know, and, and so people, most people are using them safely. Most people are storing them well. 
what we need to do is make sure that the people that shouldn't have them don't. And, and part of that process is demonstrate that you've got proficiency with it. And note that the proposal I have restricts no one from owning a firearm. It does not infringe on the Second Amendment. And, and while I'm no constitutional scholar, it does have the words well-regulated, and these seem to be sensible regulations. Well now, here, here's a good thing about this, Brian. Sure. Nobody's going to agree with this because nobody wants to give up their position on the polar extreme. Mm -hmm. And so, once again, our government that's supposed to be for the people refuses to come together to compromise because they're way more interested scoring points against each other. Right, which gets back to your common bridge theme. It's like, how about you come a little bit this way on the, uh, on the bridge? We'll come in this way. And here, the answer is somewhere in the middle. The answer here. is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And it used to be that the art of compromise and getting the most sensible thing or what's achievable was considered to be good leadership, good politics, good policy, good government. That's been in our lifetime, too. It, it, it wasn't it too is. long ago where, where, where we valued that and, and the politician valued that, and that has disappeared in the last two decades. I it, guess. Yes, it has. And now we have uh, extremes and, and choices that are worse and worse each year. Do you think that 24-7 media and advertising-driven media – because as we remember, uh, networks always had their loss leader be the news. It was just, we're going to run the news for a half an hour at night and tell you what's going on. Well, now that changed. It changed with CNN a long time ago with Ted Turner, and they made it a profit center. And when everybody realized it's a profit center, then it becomes your opinion, his opinion. Who can you draw for an audience on that? Do you think that that's had a, a, a big, um, or has played a big part in our polarization? And can we ever come back from it? Because there's advertising dollars tied to it. Well, you've asked two questions. Is it part of it, and can we come back from it? All right, and uh, I will take the second part. Absolutely, we can come back, because if it is a consumer product, if consumers are demanding a different product, all right, then we will come back to it. Um, but you look at what's been marketed. It's a lot of fear and scary things. That's what draws uh, eyeballs, is, is something we can't ignore because it's a really big threat. We have to stop it right now. And the problem with that is that it's the old parable about the little boy that cried wolf, is that every day you wake up and here's something to be outraged about that peters out within a 36-hour period. You find something that you're supposed to be um, really afraid of, okay, that doesn't really materialize. And so people quit paying attention. And um, I, I don't know, maybe... I have a more optimistic view, but I think there really is people that would like to have a discussion, calm down the noise, and try to work together, try to find solutions. And Brian, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I've had the privilege of traveling to all 50 states and a number of other countries. And I've been in some of the largest uh, cities. I've been in some of the smallest communities. Uh, and... I will tell you this, that the United States of America is po populated by very good people, compassionate, generous people of every description, yet we have a media system that wants to categorize us by the color of our skin, by our height, by our weight, um, by 
of the circumstances we were born in, the circumstances we live in, the kind of job we do, and continue to try to, to beat that down versus um, talk about the things that really unite us. And again, most people, I think, are of good heart, that my experience has been people are compassionate, they've been generous, and, uh, but we're led to believe that this othering, that the other is somehow going to destroy our way of life. And if you admit to that side, you've become an enemy of me. Exactly, exactly yeah. right. If, yeah. if you, um, you, you know, if you take any, let's take our two most, our recent presidents. Um, we had people that could not say, yep, that was a good move. All right. And you couldn't also take their ardent supporters and say, you know, I really don't believe with that. All right. People couldn't have a balance. That's right. And if you think about it, you have people that are, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old in that position. Um, you shouldn't be expected to agree with everything they do, nor should you be expected to disagree with everything they do. Mm -hmm. But you should be expected just to, to be thoughtful about it and give them a chance to do their job. I agree. Um, so I, I would submit this. I think because there's fatigue, there, there, there's fatigue of this uh, one side or the other side. You see it in social media every day. You see it on TV every day. I think people are tired of it. So when they hear a voice that's somewhere in the middle or a bridge between the middle, I would submit that that's uh, a marketable product. Just like the advertising that's been spent on the right, the advertising that's been spent on the left. I think there's a bunch of people in the middle that would say, you know, look, I, I want to tune into something that gives value to, in this case, the, you know, your idea of, of gun control. And also we'll look at the other side and say, you know, no guns. But we know that those extremes aren't going to work. Where's, where's that bridge in the middle? I think that there's value in the, in the middle now. There didn't used to be. You could sell advertisement for left or right. Could you sell it for the middle? Well, that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. And But to your point, I think that if we can get in the middle and talk about what the issue is and how to solve it instead of coming from a place of ideology and demagoguery. Um, I, I was recently involved in a um, social media discussion around healthcare, and we talked about healthcare. And I, I think, again, my, I have a four point plan there about breaking the, the link between employment and health insurance uh, by saving money, consolidating all the tax supported uh, insurances into a single plan that all Americans get uh, by uh, making sure we have capacity, by having a very familiar structure of a, a private market for supplemental insurance, and then opening Medicare Part D today to everybody that wants it. Uh, it would expand coverage, bring down costs, and not stifle the innovation that, that has made us the envy of the world for people that are sick or injured. It's hard to disagree with that, <laughs> <It> except <is. laughs> if someone says, well, wait a minute, that supplemental insurance might be a shareholder-based company, and we can't have any shareholders involved, and therefore, let's throw out the whole thing and stick with what we have. That, to me, is ideology and demagoguery and doesn't speak to common sense. And what people need to understand, uh, any national plant is going to have limits, that's how they manage. And someone, a woman might want to buy a supplemental plan because she chooses to start her mammography screening at 40 instead of 50. She may want them annually instead of every three years. And I believe that we ought to provide that woman the choice. Mm -hmm. I have and a son in medical school right now, and they're discuss, discussing openly with medical school, school students now 
uh, the idea of concierge service and, um, and, and yearly club membership. So it does speak to part of what you're saying, right? It's saying, okay, so let's open up uh, Schedule D. But also, if you would like, go ahead and, you know, you got your neighborhood doctor, you know, $1,500 a year, you can be first in line or whatever if, if you have that much worry about what's about to happen. What do you think about that? Well, concierge medicine is an answer to the dysfunction that we have in our system today. Um, but it also tilts the system in favor of those with means and with resources. So it causes resentment again. Yeah, well, it's, it's unevenly applied. And what I'm proposing uh, wouldn't, if someone wanted to buy that plan, they could, um, although there wouldn't be a great need for it, in that everybody would have something. All right, that, and they would all have the same thing. But if you wanted to have faster access, like concierge service gives, mm -hmm. um, more choice, which a supplemental plan does, more innovation, all right, you can buy that insurance if you wish. And, and by the way, Brian, every country in the world with a centralized plan, every developed country, has a secondary private insurance market. And, and we've got one here in this country. It's called Medigap, all right, for people that are on Medicare. Mm -hmm. So it's not a radical concept and it's a way to get the job done. Why is it then in media you don't hear about that? Is, is it again because you want to inflame either side on this? To well, make sure well, your well is right? yeah, one side wants to say that, um, and both arguments are stupid, by the way, um, <laughs> that one side wants to say, oh, you, you want to deprive uh, poor people and elderly people of medical care and leave them dying in the gutters. Um, and, and the other side wants to say you want to spend a billion, trillion, zillion dollars and bankrupt the country. And, and none of them work. Okay. And while we're speaking of gutters, one of these days we have to talk about, you know, defecation rights, which are uh, a thing that will be sweeping in from the West Coast soon enough. Explain. G well. Give us a little preview. Oh, well, defecation <laughs> rights. I mean, it's, this is a um, – is, is a – a construct uh, coming from San Francisco and Los Angeles that anybody should be able to defecate in any street that they wish. Um, and uh, there's actually patrols in San Francisco and an app. You can call it in. That's right. To, yeah. to let people clean it up. I and, have read about this. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, it's apparently a right in California and probably coming to a city near you soon. Yeah. How would the Romans have felt about that back when they were way back then say, look, we can't do that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, I've actually been to the uh, city of Ephesus in Turkey, and they had um, a sewage system, right? And uh, their uh, toilets were, uh, you know, public and such, but they had they'd figured out how to get everything moved away from their water supply and, um, and, the, and their homes. That's incredible. All right. Well, great. Um, so that wraps up uh, episode two. Um, great. I, that was, it was fantastic uh, uh, discussion today on a little bit uh, recap on, on, on health care, but also on, on guns. Um, I want to revisit that at some point, too. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming. And um, tune back in here for Episode 3 um, for Richard Helpy's uh, Common Bridge. And thanks for listening. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge podcast, recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.